Welcome to Generation Podcast, where we have real conversations about how God is working through this generation. I feel like to do a little Irish jig. jig. I'm kind of hoping you'd start with an accent. Don't try. <laughs> no, try, try, no, try. No, 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 no. Well, welcome to episode four, everybody. Uh, ben is not hosting today. Boo. I'm sorry, Ben. Sadly. Uh, it's good to have you back, Josh. Yeah. I, ga- I, gave, I gave Ben some feedback. What was your feedback? It's a lie. It's just, it's you didn't. Did you listen to the last episode? Yes, I did. What did you think? Yeah. I listened to the first 10 minutes. <laughs> and then you... And then I got distracted. Are you serious? Yeah, well, you're still honest. I could have had a baby, yes. so that's yeah. fair. Yeah, a little summer. I like the girl. How's she going? Yeah, she's going great. She's she great. She uh, is sleeping quite well, which is great. But then you have to... Obviously, you wake up every three to four hours. I was like, asking you. Um, I'm sleeping quite well, yeah. Mm. But you, you look rested. Yeah, I'm well rested. Yeah. Yeah, Be- Becky's... Becky's not so interesting. There's certain things that she can only do, right? So true. I'm, I'm there to support, to support her. Oh, and, yeah. yeah. And change the nappies and, you know, what have you. Yeah. Why are Love you that. judging me with your eyes? No, I'm just speaking. Happy anniversary. It's your anniversary today. It is my anniversary. Four today. years. And what are you doing tonight? And I'm having dinner with Ben. Woo! Yeah, boys. And Ben. <laughs> Come on. Oh, Ben. Yeah. Sorry. Third wheeling. Because Ben has been there for some of the most important moments of my life. It's true. He was there on my wedding day. He was also <laughs> there, also there on the day we bought our mattress. Yep, and Duna. And I threw the Duna over you. Yeah. Standing up, and I thought, gosh, you're going to feel it. So, um, yeah, there's a, so Ben is, is coming over for dinner for my anniversary. But it's enough about me. Anyway. <laughs> enough about summer. Yes, it's summer Willow Man for those playing at home. Has great. anyone um, told you that? Your, the name of your daughter is very similar to the name of a friend of ours, Summer Wilmot. Yes. Summer Willow, Summer Wilmot. Wilmot. Wilmot, yeah. Yeah, not what Mont. What did you say? I said Mont. Oh. Yeah. I thought it was Wilmot, Wilmot for yeah. about <laughs> 10 years. 10 years. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're very, very similar. Inspo or no? Um, obviously, she's one of the only Summers we know mm. and she's a beautiful, beautiful human being. And so if I had to, if I, if I want my daughter to grow up as anyone else, there you go. It's probably summer. So you did name your Massive daughter after summer. Mil- Are you saying? Yeah. I'm saying that she's a lovely human being. She's a great <laughs> heart. And if my if my daughter had the heart of Summer Wilmot, there you go. Then I, I, I didn't. You heard it here first on the Generation <laughs> Podcast. Summer. I didn't name it after Summer Wilmot, but it's a it's a great. <laughs> I've been going for two minutes and fifty seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Let's wrap this up now. Guys, it's not even interested in my life. It's been a while, that's why. It's been a while, a bit rusty. I'm sorry, okay. I'm sorry. You're doing great. It's well, good to have you back. With episode four, obviously I missed episode three, um, and I will finish that. I will finish that episode, <laughs> so you should too, everyone. Um, and we're going to talk about, well, this season we've been talking about recalibrating mm. our lives back to Jesus and back to what it says in the Bible and how to live our lives for Jesus. Um, and so this episode, we're looking at the idea and the topic of drugs and alcohol. Mm. And I think this is a huge topic for young Christians anywhere in the world. Not even young Christians, just Christians alike. Just people. People alike. People. Navigating the world that is so saturated with alcohol and illicit substances Mm -hmm. and this perception that you have to do these things to have fun. Um, And so we're going to be breaking this down and looking at, well, why do we do it? What does the Bible say? And then why is God, why is living for God and recalibrating our life back to what Jesus wants? Why is that better Mm -hmm. than chasing these other things? So that's what we're planning to do today. We, we, where our prayer and our hope is that 
you'll be enlightened to see just how much better Jesus is than these things. Um, I say that full well knowing that I am still on a journey with this myself and Sam uh, the same thing and we'll tell our stories as, as we go through. And so we want to say for the outset that this is a this is a battle that we have both been, been on over mm. the, the course of our lives and probably will continue to be on, right? Mm. Um, but from the outset, Sam, you just want to, you know, let the listeners know our stance on, on a couple of things before we get into the nitty-gritty of mm. stuff. Um, just some some key points that we really want to be clear on at the start so then we can chat on and go and go further. Totally, man. Uh, great intro, by the way. Not rusty at all. That was fantastic. <laughs> I'm just I'm excited. I'm amped <laughs> up to on. listen to this podcast. Because he, he's put a chandelier in the podcast. I did make a chandelier for our studio out yeah. of it's, junk. It, but it, For those playing at home, it's a knotted uh, string of lights that yep. we're calling a chandelier. Oh. Yeah. It could be an art installation. Actually, let's call it an art installation. Yeah. Um, so, okay, here's our stance. I think basically what we want to talk about is how do we have a healthy relationship with, with drugs and alcohol? I think that's a good thing. Yep. We're not saying we're against it. We're not saying we're for it. It's how do we have a healthy relationship with it? Um, in terms of alcohol, obviously alcohol is good and fine. Um, Jesus but, turned water into wine. Jesus, first miracle, water, yep. water into wine. And technicality that we're not going to go into yeah. the guests were probably already intoxicated yeah and then he- jesus made the best wine mm. um maybe they were intoxicated maybe maybe not. they weren't yeah that's not clear <laughs> but they had drunk the wedding out of wine right yeah mm. um but at any rate <laughs> <laughs> that opened a can of words yeah. let's just close that yeah uh at, at any rate um alcohol's alcohol's good yeah um you know and we, we want to talk about what does it mean to have a healthy relationship with, with alcohol because it's, it's a powerful thing, you know. Um, as, as with many good things, they can become powerful things like sex, right? Sex yeah. is good but in the proper place. Yeah. Um, outside of the proper place, it's actually detrimental. I would say alcohol's a similar thing. So we don't want to say alcohol's bad, run. We want to say how do we have a healthy God-honoring relationship with, yeah. with alcohol? Yeah. And I would say the same with with drugs because obviously some drugs are illegal, some are not illegal, some are pain medication. People still get addicted to that, yeah. Um, you know, and some are illegal and really harmful. And um, you know, so we want to talk about how do we have a healthy relationship with with drugs um, as well. So I think that's the framework going into yep. this. There is going to be a significant tone shift. Yeah, yeah I wonder where I'll drop this in. <laughs> I'll need like five seconds of silence. Yeah, I don't know. People realise that we record this after we record, but not like the main bit, right? No, Surely. I think they just think that you're on the path and <laughs> we just go straight in. And stop that, guys. I'm ready to play Shut the up. <laughs> and then go so seamlessly into... Um, okay, well, touchy subject. Okay. Oh, We're playing the Instagram game, right? Oh, yeah. I got banned from Instagram today. Unbelievable. About seven hours ago. Yeah. And I'm really rattled. And so we I have to come we... here today and record a game about Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> if you um, would like to add Instagram and please say why has PT been banned. Please do, please do that. My friend, um, last week he was on, he won for you, Jay won. He started yeah, yeah. a campaign. He keeps DMing Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> says, answer me, you cowards. So go to J1 Maxwell and just copy and paste that and put yep. it on your story. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so okay. how are we going to play the game then if you don't know Instagram? What? Where have my screenshots gone? 
I've screenshot it. Yeah. Yeah, I screenshot. I will say that he's, he he spent accounts. five minutes picking a song for this segment too. Yeah, so and I hope you guys you like happy? it. I could be with home with my newborn child. And you're not. Because we got to get the right song. All right, well, I'm just going to have to do this one off the cuff because my screenshots didn't work. But I remember what they were. Oh, they're all here. My glasses searched. All right, you ready? Our first. Shambles this, today. The edition of this is Australian Premiers. Oh, that's good. What do you mean? Premiers or Prime Ministers? Premiers. Premiers. Oh, like Bob Carr. Yeah. Or the current ones. I don't know. Oh, Gladys Berejiklian. Oh, well, oh, our first her. one is Olivia yeah. Rock. Gladys Berejiklian. How many followers does she have? Ooh. Josh, we'll start Ooh. with you as the yeah, the carryover chair. Yep. Um, Gladys Berejiklian has twenty-eight thousand. Thank you, Josh. Sam, forty thousand. So what do we say? Closest, Closest is that, that going, going over? over. What did you say, Josh? Twenty-eight. What did you say? Forty. Two, 31,000. Oh, Josh Wait, Boom, boom, damn. boom, boom, boom. 1-0. I suck at this Congratulations, game, Congratulations, Josh Min. Oh, man. Uh, You're off social media, that's why. No, I'm back on. The next one is... No, excuse. Our <laughs> good friend, the Premier of Victoria, Daniel Andrews. Daniel Andrews. He's getting, Daniel Andrews. He's getting Poor a, guy, man. He's getting a bad rap, yeah, isn't he? Yeah. Although we can't really comment. We're not in Victoria. I mean, so I don't that's know true. anything, so... yeah. My cousins are down in Victoria. It's, they say yeah. it's pretty tough. Sam, how many followers has Dan Andrews MP got? Well, if Gladys has got 31, I mean, he's a tad more famous. Um, I'm going to go 35. Closest without going over 35. Nah, he's he's less. Gladys has been a... How do you know so much about federal politics? Well, you don't know that. He might not. He might be way off. That's true. Yeah, but Daniel Andrews, Daniel Andrews has 18,000. <laughs> Daniel Andrews has 154,000. Wow. Oh my god. Gladys only has 36. He's been all over the news, though. So. That's yeah. crazy. But what's his content like? Is it, it's all COVID. Stuff. Is it just him looking sad? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's actually like not a lot of him, surprisingly. There you go. Anyway. Why not? Uh, so this is fun. This is it. Decider. Decider. We're going to our favorite Maroon, the Premier Queensland. of Queensland, Minister for Trade, and member for Anala, Anastasia. <laughs> Palace check. Did you say she's the minister for trade and member of Anala? She's not the premier. Yeah, she's both. Both. She, you can be both. Hold on, the federal minister. I don't know how this works. It says there. She can't it be federal. She can't be federal. It says premier, it's her Instagram bio. Premier of Queensland, minister for trade. Yeah, she can't be federal minister, can she? Why? I'm she's gonna. A, she's in can I just lock in a email a us? Here? Uh, Josh goes first. Dang. <sighs> Anastasia Palachek. She has. 71,000 followers. 71,000 followers. Samuel. So is it closest without going over? Yeah, if you both go over, we go to a tiebreaker. Another one. I'm going to go for 25,000. Oh, no. Great balls of fire. She has 27,000. Because how could she be more than Gladys? Well, you- well we thought that about Dan. Because Sam wins. One all, it's oh. two all. Two all. All right. Ah. That's fitting. Fourth episode, two all. Yeah. We go to the fifth episode. What about even, Dan even Andrews having significantly more than everyone else? I would not have thought so. He's been no. all over the news, though. Yeah. I mean, with, with Victoria, you know. Poor guy. Hearts go out to them. Yeah. Pray yeah. for you. Pray, Pray for, for you. Victoria, Josh. Pray for Victoria. Okay. Back to the show. Yeah. I think it's really important to start off. Just labeling that so yeah. everyone's clear with that. 
Um, and so the, the line in all of these things, particularly when it comes to alcohol, is drunkenness. And the, the Bible is pretty mm. clear mm-hmm. on that. And we're going we're gonna to flesh that out as we go on. But what to start us off, just after that, why do people do it? Why, do, why are we drawn to alcohol? Why are we drawn to drugs, do you think? Mm, that's a good question. Uh, at this point, let's kind of separate them out a little bit. Yep. So alcohol is a depressant. Um, it, you listened in PE. <laughs> I did listen in PE. Um, I'm also not an idiot, you know. People know that, but uh, <laughs> I, I trained for four years to know that. <laughs> you did, you did. That's PE 101. <laughs> Alcohol is a depressant, not a stimulant. <laughs> um, but basically, what that means is that it um, it lowers um, your your emotions. Yep. It kind of slows things down in your brain. It slows down of, your central nervous system. Yeah, it slows down your central nervous system. There you go. You do know more training. (laughs) There it is. Um, And that's actually important to know because it means one of the, um, one of the reasons that people enjoy drinking is because it can mitigate anxiety. It can, Mm. um, it can slow you down. It can kind of help you relax. It can, it can distance you from stress in in your brain. So it becomes like a coping mechanism. It can definitely become a coping mechanism and it makes you feel good. Um, It makes you, you know, it's called liquid confidence. Sometimes it makes you feel more confident and um, it can, um, it can make you feel less sad as well um, because it just numbs a whole lot of things. Um, A lot of drugs on the other hand, some can be depressants, some can be stimulants, you know, um, depending on the drug that you take. Can't remember what your question was, but. Uh, why, why, do pe- why, do why do we do it? it? Yeah. Why do we do it? A uh, number of different reasons. Um, maybe let's talk about our own stories yeah. here. So um, I kind of grew up being very religious, didn't drink until I was 18. Um, and then I started, I moved to the city when I was quite young and worked in the hospitality industry. And drinking is a really big part of that culture, drinking and, and drugs. Everyone was doing cocaine in, in the hospitality industry. Wow. And so, no, it's true. Like a lot of coke, coke's a big deal. Um, a lot of people are doing that there. And so I was just really quickly thrown into this culture and this environment. And um, a lot of my friends were really well-known bartenders. And so, you know, we'd all go go around to their bars and we'd have cocktail parties and you know, quickly became drinking became a big part of the the culture of my life in the sense that um, what we did when we hung out was we went to bars, we went drinking. Um, what we did when we hung out at each other's houses was we had cocktails and and had parties, and we used to throw these huge cocktail parties with like almost hundreds of people at our house. So it was like a really big part of my life, um, and I I slowly found myself doing it. Um, I mean, that was the, the social aspect of it and just enjoyed it. And everyone, everyone was doing it. It helps you feel more confident, more relaxed and all that stuff. And um, there were definitely a lot of occasions where I, where I drank too much. Um, but then I started to go through um, some really difficult seasons of life. And I actually went, um, and alcohol was never, drinking by myself was never really a big, big problem until I worked through being addicted to pornography, worked through that. And then I found that I was drinking all the time. Um, you know, there's this, in AA, there's this thing, Alcoholic, Alcoholics Anonymous, where you can become a dry drunk, which essentially means you stop drinking, but you pick up other unhealthy addictions, addictions yeah. because you haven't dealt with the underlying problems. So when I dealt with the addiction of pornography, um, I just picked up another uh, yeah. unhealthy coping mechanism. And I found myself drinking most nights um, and I wasn't drinking 
to the point of excess, just a few drinks. But it was just that thing that kind of helped me cope with the pain and stress of life. Mm. So I'd get home, have a few drinks, and then I would, you know, be mellowed out and, mm. and the anxiety would dissipate. And for me, um, drinking became something that was quickly becoming an unhealthy coping mechanism. And I actually, so my family, there's a history of um, alcoholism um, in my family line. And, you know, I hear these stories from your parents of, um, you know, the the problems that alcohol caused in their family. It's really hard to hear mm. about the impact that alcohol had on my family. And I just saw how easy it would be for me to become an alcoholic. Mm. Genuinely, I was like, man, okay, where does this end? Um, I'm starting to rely on this. This is becoming unhealthy. And, um, and yeah, I just had a day of prayer and fasting and, uh, you know, about a year ago now. And um, the Lord really impressed on me. He was like, Sam, um, this is not something that you can, you can really handle. Um, and I, I felt like I should make the decision to not drink. Yeah. Wow. Um, just because of the, you know, the genetics involved yep. and all that stuff. And I just saw myself going down that path and I was like, I can't, I just need to f- run in the other direction yep. from this and haven't drunk for a year. But that's a very personal decision based on everything yeah. that I just and, told you. And there'll be, there'll be people listening who don't drink and for, for maybe similar reasons yeah. or for other reasons. Um, there's plenty of Christians who don't drink. There's plenty of Christians who drink. There's plenty of non-Christians who don't drink yeah. and vice versa. And so um, I think a big connotation is that if you're a Christian, you have to stop drinking alcohol or, right. um, and that's not what we want to say. Yeah. I, I think the thing is for me, it was hard to have a healthy relationship with alcohol. Yeah. And I think that's, that's where we want to get to. I yeah. think for some people like yourself, um, it's, it's easier to have a healthy relationship yeah. with alcohol. Um, for me, I don't think I can, mm. to be honest. Yeah. For what you picked up there is, you know, your friend, the first, your first introducing with the, in social settings and that's where you started, but then it ended up becoming a, a coping mechanism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, it's, it's the, it's that first one. I think, um, me, I'm, I'm a massive extrovert for those mm-hmm. of you who don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. and so being around people just energizes me Yeah, uh, and, and same sort of thing. So I, I, I grew up at, in the church, but my parents drank alcohol, mm-hmm. um, and, and they would drink most weekends, um, mm-hmm. some like most nights uh, during the week, just a glass of, a glass of wine. And so I, I was around alcohol from, from a young age, right? And then as I got older, I didn't really drink till I was 18, um, good little Christian boy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, just just friends and, and family, you know, going out, you know, clubbing when you're 18. Mm. Um, and you just, you, you develop these habits. And I was finding myself developing these habits of every time I went out, I had to have a drink. I had to have a beer. Otherwise the perception is I'm, I'm not having fun. Right. Um, and so when I was, when I was really, you know, first turned 18 to sort of early twenties, um, it really, it, it really was a pretty bigger problem than I made it out to be, to okay. be honest. And it's a, a, an issue that I'm still struggling with, I guess, with, with alcohol. Um, but it's, it's something I, I, I'm working, working through. What is it that makes you say it's an issue? I, I just think that I think when I was early early on, I didn't uh, understand that um, my ac- what my that I was running to not running to alcohol, but I was allowing my friends and the people I was around to mm-hmm. dictate how much you drank, how how much I drank. Sure, right. And so now I'm so much better at, and I can control that, right? Mm. And I can know when to to say no. And there's nights out that I don't have a beer. So yeah, it's rare. 
Um, but, um, <laughs> Benny's like, yeah, once. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I just want to be raw and open and honest and say, yeah, I enjoy a beer. I love beer, but I've struggled with it in the past. Yeah. And I'm, there's days where I still struggle with it, mm. um, but I've gotten so much better. And there may be a time that I cut it out. Mm. Um, because, as you said, it may not be healthy for me in my relationship with Christ. Mm. Um, and I wouldn't say I drink because it's a coping mechanism, mm. but I drink because I'm a product of society, I think. Mm. Um, and unfortunately, when I was growing up in a young young adult age, 20, uh, 18 to sort of 21, 22, mm. I don't think there was a very good culture of healthy a healthy way to yeah, use no, alcohol. Not at all. And I still think that's the case. And I think it's maybe getting worse. Yeah, and like I, as I talk to young people, um, I mean, it was bad when we were yeah. in school and growing up, but it's, and it's pretty bad. To now. be honest, and and you, you shared some stories um, of things that are, that are, that are happening and maybe happening, mm. um, and it hurts me because I was a young prior to the period we're in now, right? Mm. And thinking back on it, I I have helped shape that culture. Mm. Uh, I've been at this church for a while now. Um, I've been serving in this church for a while now and, and thinking back and actually coming back from Impact last year, not la- not this year. Which is our youth camp. Youth camp for yeah. those playing at home. I was driving with my mate Matt Sibley um, and we sort of have, have a similar story mm-hmm. um, with our car and, and um, we were both just sharing that, you know, we see younger younger leaders going down a similar road yeah, and – we actually, we both, I'm, I'm sure Sibley won't um, mind me saying this, we both sort of broke down in the car as mm. we were driving to cricket because we left camp early and we were discussing and, and chatting through that we almost created the culture that that we have now yeah. because we weren't careful enough mm. and because maybe it wasn't modelled to us. Mm. And I don't, I'm not here playing the victim saying it wasn't modelled to us, so mm. how was I meant to know? Um but I think it's important in the outset to yeah. say I'm not here saying, oh, you guys, you young guys can't handle your alcohol, blah, blah, blah. I actually think my age group helped shape that. Yeah. Um, and it's gut-wrenching to say that. Mm. But that's why we're doing this episode. It is. And can I just say I think probably the problem is not what we think the problem is. I don't think the problem is that we weren't. Um, good with alcohol. I think it's probably that we didn't talk about it enough. That's true. And we didn't have conversations like this yeah. where we were honest and said, hey, l- let's get vulnerable. This is something that I've, I've struggled with, like probably more than most people. Mm. And, you know, you're saying that you've struggled with this. And um, it's the conversation that normalizes the struggle yeah. that makes uh, a culture healthy because what I see is people pretending to be okay in public yeah. and not at all doing a, doing things in a healthy yeah. way in private. It, and, and my story is that when I'm with my mates, my close mates, yeah. I'm probably more tempted to drink more Yeah, uh-huh. because I know I'm safe there mm-hmm. and it's not going to get out. Yeah, right. And, get and, out, right. Yeah, and, and that's What's the, that culture? That's you know? the culture, right? And, and I think it's the culture that I help to shape. Um, and so that's why we're talking about it. Yeah. Um, and it's really, really important that we do talk about. I'd love, I'd love if if people are, are listening and, and want to chat about things, if they're struggling with things like this, to to reach out to me or Sam or Ben mm. or anyone and and chat about it. Because the more we chat about this issue, the easier it's going to be to change culture. Mm-hmm. 
Because we can say all we want and say this is where we want the community to go, but unless we act, all of us actually start talking about it and walking with each other through it, it's not going to get better. Yeah. And so from the outset, we want to say just reach out to us, you know, Instagram, Facebook, whatever, message, phone, just reach out to us and we're happy to chat about it because we've been through it, um, we're still going through it and mm. we'd love to help shape that culture back and recalibrate mm. to what the Bible yeah. says. And I think, can I just say this? I don't think drinking is the underlying problem. Drinking is a fruit of an underlying problem. Mm. And the, the problem is um, uh, it's hard to deal with life. And sometimes people people drink because it makes life more manageable yeah. and it makes life easier. Yeah. And if we were to just talk about, hey, we have a culture in our church, and this isn't hypothetical, we have a culture in our church where people drink too much. And um, a part of that culture is people typically don't feel that it's okay to be honest about that reality, yep. that they drink too much and that their friends drink too much. And so what will happen is they'll try and hide the fact that they drink too much from leadership or from people in the church to, to save face, quote unquote. It's the exact okay? same as what we talked about with pornography. With pornography. It's, it's the same problem. Now, yep. the conversation does not need to be, you guys need to do better and stop drinking so much, okay? That's actually just religion and that's not helpful the the conversation needs to be is you know what i understand why we have a culture of drinking because we don't have a culture of vulnerability and you can't have and those two things um when you don't have vulnerability Mm. um and you don't bear each other's burdens and you don't feel safe with Mm. people in your community what's going to happen is secret Um, secret stuff like drinking and pornography because you don't have a healthy way to cope with life. And that was the the beautiful thing of when Sibley and I were chatting about it. We were finally vulnerable with each other Mm -hmm. and we've been able to to work through that, right? And so I think what you you said is is exactly right. We need to be vulnerable, particularly with this issue Mm -hmm. and with pornography and and any idol in our lives. Anything. Um, And so – Getting back to recalibrating back to what the Bible says. What does the Bible say? I think I think everyone sort of knows what the Bible says mm. about alcohol. And we'll go through this reasonably quickly and, mm-hmm. and flesh this out mm-hmm. a little bit and then move on to the more important issue. Not the more important issue, but an issue of, okay, well, if that's what the Bible says, mm. then how can we use it wisely? Yeah. So with the Bible, I think it's pretty clear it forbids drunkenness. We know that the Bible says no to drunkenness. Mm-hmm. Alcohol is a is a gift from God. Jesus turned water into wine. It's to be in the Bible, it's commonly used in, in festivals and in weddings and celebrations. Mm. But also actually there's some day-to-day life. There's mm-hmm. um in the Old Testament and the New Testament instances where people are drinking midweek and mm-hmm. not, I don't know if it was midweek, but in the everyday sure. li- everyday life, it was part of the culture. Paul tells Timothy to take some wine yeah, exactly. for his anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was used. And so mm-hmm. we can assume that it was actually, it's a gift from God, so it's okay. But it is very clear in drunkenness. Yeah, I don't know how many verses say it. I, I hazard a guess probably 10 to 15, I reckon, in the Bible. Would you say that? It's definitely clear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that there in itself, I mm-hmm. think there's a gray area there. Yeah, there is a grey area there. Alcohol is good. It's a gift from God. We know drunkenness is bad. Mm -hmm. Why? That's the question. Why is drunkenness not good? Sam, (laughs) you've been more to Bible college than I have. so I would say this probably has less to do with um, understanding the Bible and more understanding what alcohol does to your brain. 100%. Um, Because the Bible's clear, don't get drunk, you know, um, 
And th- that's all we need to know from the Bible, you know, yeah. don't get drunk. But why? Um, I think one of, because one of the fruit of the, a part of the fruit of the spirit is self-control. Yeah. It's right. Good. Now, what um, a lot of studies have shown about drinking and it's, it's a scale. Like the more you drink, the more impact alcohol has on your brain, right? So drunkenness is a sliding scale, but what happens the more you drink, the less you're able to um, make um, cognitive decisions in the sense that the less you're able to stop your impulses. Um, so they've actually done these studies where they've, you know, had people drink a whole bunch of stuff and then um, ba- basically told them to make decisions, um, you know, light, tapping lights and all this stuff. And basically the more you drink, the less self-control you have on your impulses. So something that you want to do where usually you would, um, you know, in a normal... And these aren't people who were drunk doing the test. They were sober, but they just drink a lot in the past and they their self-control was lowered. Is that correct? No, no, no. They It's it's whilst they're... Intoxicated. Intoxicated. Yeah. So their um, inhibitions are lower yeah. and things that they would normally say no to, now they say yes to, yeah. right? And we all know that if we ever have drunken too much, we find ourselves doing and saying things that we wouldn't otherwise if we weren't intoxicated. Um, and I think that's a lot of what the Bible's getting at. Yeah. Because self-control is a product of the spirit, um, the more you drink, the harder it is to have self-control. The more you drink, the harder it is to say no mm. to things. Yeah, the, the more you drink, the less you listen to the Holy Spirit prompting in your life. Yeah. Plain and simple. Mm-hmm. And that's what our goal is in life is to live according yeah. to the Spirit. To be obedient to the Spirit, yeah. And the more you drink, the less you hear the Spirit mm-hmm. and the more you act on your impulses. Yeah. Um, I think that's probably not the whole reason why no, the Bible says no. don't get drunk, but it's a big one. No, exactly. And um, yeah, we're not here saying that, that that is the only reason. We're mm. not here saying that this you need to take this as gospel, but we're just fleshing it out, right? Mm. Um, but there is a drunkenness. <laughs> Sorry, there is a gray area <laughs> because and a drunkenness. Yeah, there's a gray area because the only one of the only people who can know if you're drunk, particularly the early stages, mm. is yourself. Right. And so as a Christian, you know alcohol is good. Mm-hmm. You know drunkenness is not good. And so, of course, you're going to try mask how drunk you are mm. in public mm. so that you're not seen as being drunk. Mm. I think that is the culture that is happening possibly now. It certainly was happening when I, when I was a bit younger mm. um, where you alcohol is good, you drink, but then maybe there's – there's that one beer where you, you say yes to, you probably shouldn't have, mm. and then you pretend like you're not intoxicated, mm-hmm. right? And that's the gray area. And, and and that, I think, is where the heart issue lies. Mm. Um, and so I think the better verse when we're talking about um, alcohol and, and drugs and things like that is is 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20 or, or Romans 12, 1. Do you have mm. the Corinthians verse there? I have Sammy? the Corinthians one. Do you want to do the Corinthians verse and I'll do the Romans verse? says, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you've received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Pretty plain and simple. Honoring God with the body that he has created. And in Romans mm. 12, 1, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, this is your true and proper worship. Mm. So I think too often when I was younger, too often we jump to the drunkenness verses. Sure. 
I don't think that's helpful. I see what you're getting at. Do you yeah. get me? Mm-hmm. I don't think that is helpful because mm. you can actually pretend mm. that you're not drunk. Yeah. And you can pretend. And, and, and what is drunk? Like, yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah. Is it 0.05, the yeah. legal limit to drive? Yeah. Or is it like blackout on the floor? Exactly. Yeah. And so that's where the heart issue lies. And that's mm. where the gray issue lies. And so this whole posture of a living sacrifice or as Corinthians, as Corinthians puts it, you know, the, how does Corinthians put it? <laughs> it's uh, honor God with your <laughs> honor God bodies. with your bodies, yeah, right. And so I think that's the principle that we've got to jump to. I agree, man. I think it's um, that uh, problem that you've raised. People bring up for a lot of different things. It's the classic "Where is the line?" Yeah. question. It's <laughs> how far, how far can, I, can I go with my <laughs> girlfriend or boyfriend, and how much can I drink yeah. before it's wrong? And uh, what do we say whenever that question's asked? Wrong question. <laughs> Sorry, <I> was- <laughs> you're like I don't know. I've never answered that question. No one's I've, ever asked me. I've that. strategically avoided that question. <laughs> yeah, hospital passed that one to the to the pastor. Exactly, and that's a thing. Like the decision of how far we should drink, mm. or how far should not be made based on anything else, but if it's bringing glory and honor to God. Yeah, and that's the question you you ask yourself, mm-hmm. and that's the question you have to you have to answer mm-hmm. is by drinking this, will I bring honor and glory to God. By drinking this, am I living as a living sacrifice mm. for Christ? Am I honoring God with my body? Yeah. Yeah. Understanding that we are a temple of the spirit. Yes. You know, who lives in us. Um, I, I Here's the thing. I don't know if you're going to get there, but I know that that answers a lot of the questions around like social drinking, Yeah. Um, which is one whole thing, but private drinking is a whole nother thing yeah. with I think a whole nother list of motivating factors actually, because you're not having the, you know, the whole like, Oh, how do I appear to other people? All of that stuff. It's actually, then it goes into the realm of like, it's a coping yeah. coping thing. And for me, that's what it, that's mm. what it was. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a whole nother list of things that, that we have to talk about if we're um, going there. I think that's the same with with drugs as well. I know that a lot of people who get addicted to um, painkillers, it's it's this thing. It's like mm. there's pain in my life, um, emotional pain that is, or or physical pain as well, which alcohol actually helps with. Um, that I need to cope with, yeah. and alcohol can is an effective way to press pause on negative feelings. Mm. I think the what the Bible would say about that is what we discussed in our previous podcast yep. is running to God as your mm-hmm. heavenly father yeah. and pursuing intimacy with Christ mm-hmm. before totally, these man. other things. Can I, I just, I really need to speak to this because this season has tested me so much in COVID. Um, as I was kind of saying to Ben last week, which you probably didn't hear because you didn't finish the podcast. Um, but Ben and I had a good chat last week and we were just talking about how hard this season has been. And, um, you know, there are, there are a whole lot of unhealthy things. Let me put it this way that I used to do in my life. Um, whether that be drinking too much or acting out sexually. Um, and, this season has brought up so much internal struggle for me. And I've, I've actually had these moments with God where I'm like, okay, I I'm far enough away from, from those things now to be able to make a cognitive choice where it's not an addiction anymore, but I'm like, man, I feel the tension to run back into just having a drink or, or acting out in order to deal 
with the the anxiety, the stress, the depression, and the pain that the COVID seasons brought up in many different ways for me. And I've had this wrestle, Josh, where I'm like, I can either run to that unhealthy stuff that I used to run to, or I can figure out what it means to find my comfort in Jesus. And honestly, when you're actually struggling, struggling, finding comfort in Jesus is actually not as easy as pastors and preachers like you and I make yeah, it out in a podcast. Yeah. It's easier just to go to the bottle. It's easier to go to the bottle and it's easier to go and sleep around. It's actually hard to figure out what does it mean to be comforted by Jesus when the when the struggle's present and and the anxiety's real. What does it mean? Do I go and read the Bible? What does it mean? Do I go and sit down and lock the door and pray? Like how do I get comforted by Jesus? And that's the thing that I've wrestled through. And I think the only the thing that I've had to do is I've I'm far enough away and I've lived enough um I've I've done enough unhealthy things to know it actually doesn't work. In the short term, sure. But I it almost ruined my life. And I'm like, I actually can't go down that road yeah. because I know it will lead to destruction. And I don't want that. I don't want to have to go through two years of yeah. inner healing again. So I'm gonna to have to figure out what it means. And this has been so real for me, Josh. What does it mean to find my comfort in Jesus? What does it mean to find my joy in him and my hope in him and my peace in him? And I've really had to figure that out. Mm. And it's actually simple and hard. And it's not complicated, but it's it takes it's taken some getting used to yeah. for me to put it like that. So what is it? How do you give us the golden ticket? Honestly, I have I don't think it's um a one size fits all thing. But it has been, it's been me, mostly me talking to God about it mm. and saying to him, and this is basically what my prayers have been, God, I really need some peace. I really need some comfort. Um, I'm, I'm struggling with a lot of stress, anxiety, depression, and I really feel the tension to, to sin right now and to act out. But I really don't want to do that. What do I do? I don't know what to do. You you have to do this for me, you know. Um, you have to give me peace. You have to give me comfort. I don't know what that means, really. I don't know what that looks like. Mm. But, uh, and here's the thing. As I'm talking to him about this, I'm finding myself more comforted. Yeah. And, and, and there's more peace in my heart. Yeah. And I'm like, actually just talking to Jesus about what I'm wrestling with is weirdly comforting. Yeah. It's, it's exactly what we said at the start. We need to be vulnerable with each other and, and that will bring you a sense of comfort. But yeah. how much more true is that when you're vulnerable with your creator? Mm -hmm. When you're open and honest. He already knows, yeah. to, by the way. But when you're actively open, honest and mm -hmm. vulnerable. Yeah, vulnerable with God. With God. Mm -hmm. That's when we actually see healing. Yeah. That's when we – because our hearts are open. Yeah, our minds are open. Our whole our whole being is open mm. to his his intervening and, mm. and the spirit working in our lives, and and that can only happen when we're vulnerable. That can only happen when we're humble. Mm. When we go, okay, I push everything aside, and I just want to seek God. Yeah, and I'm going to chat to God and just go, God, I stuffed up, or I yeah. I am I, I I'm suck right I'm now. Struggling, yeah. yeah, because when you're vulnerable, the spirit. Seems to work. Yeah. Because you, you humble yourself. Yeah. And you say... I need you, God. I need you. And, and I, yeah. think, I think that's exactly 
what this culture needs mm. is a generation that is vulnerable, that is humble enough mm. to bear their all to God. Yeah. And that will transform lives. Yeah. And no matter what situation you're in, whether you're going to alcohol because of the social standing or you're going to alcohol to medicate something, mm. we want to urge you all to just be vulnerable with God because mm. the spirit moves, the spirit works in a humble and a contrite heart, mm. right? So that's, 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 that's the message that we want to yeah. share. share. It's, it's simple. But it's hard. It takes getting used to to uh, be vulnerable with God because it takes time. You got to sit down and you got to you got to have a conversation with Jesus, you know. And you got to admit you're wrong. Oh, you have to admit you're wrong, and you have to admit you are struggling, yeah. and you don't know what to do about it. You got, yeah, you got to admit that it's a problem. Yeah, and and you want to sin. Yeah, because it's gonna help for a moment. You're like, Jesus, I, I'm hurting and I know I really want to do this thing mm. that I used to do that, 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 or I usually do that helps me, but I just, I don't want to hurt your heart. You have to, you have to be my comfort instead of that. Yeah. You know? And it's scary because we like drinking. Yeah. And we like taking that substance if you, if you take substances, you know, and it's hard to say that because yeah. you, you, you're in this, you're in this, uh, um, like cycle of yeah. you always do it, you always drink, and you mm-hmm. like doing it. Mm-hmm. And the question is, well, why do we like doing that? Mm-hmm. Why do we keep going doing that? Mm. And I think this is the the wrestle of every young Christian. They mm. know they shouldn't do it, but they like doing it, and mm. they still want to do it. So does that mean they don't have a good relationship with Christ? Or what? And that's the tension. Sure. And well, it probably means they're not finding yes. their comfort in Jesus. Exactly. And they're not being. Here's the thing. Let me put it like this: um, when you're um, when you're spending a lot of time going out with friends and drinking, you're probably not being vulnerable with them. <laughs> like you're probably not having conversations <laughs> like this yeah. um, because alcohol is kind of filling that gap. Mm. You go and hang out with them and you feel better when you do, but alcohol mm. maybe took the place of vulnerability. Or, or you're vulnerable about other things. Or other things. You're sure. not going to Not talk- what you really need to talk about. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's, that's right. And so just vulnerability is the answer. Oh, to so many things in life. With bro. each other, yeah. with God, mm-hmm. for everything that yeah. we've got to talk about. Yeah. And so what would it look like? We've sort of answered it, but I want to flesh this out a little, mm. little uh, longer. What would it look like if we were authentic, if we were using alcohol the way it was supposed to? Mm. That's a really good question. I actually don't think it's going to be the same answer for everybody. No way. Yeah. Um, you know, and it depends on a lot of different things and you really do need to use wisdom in yeah. in taking a good hard yeah. look at yourself yeah. and yeah and another person's wisdom uh, yeah someone who's older than you yeah. someone who's been there before and who will actually say Josh or Sam mm. stop yeah you yeah know? and someone you trust someone you have been vulnerable mm-hmm. with and so you can work with it together yeah too often when I was younger I wouldn't listen to anyone sure and I'd be like oh they're just out to get me blah 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 yeah. blah but having that support person mm. will would and, and accountability partner, that's what the church likes to label it as. Yeah, yeah. But and that sort of has a negative connotation, I sure. think. Um but I think that's important. Yeah. There is a whole lot of wisdom calls when it comes to drinking. Mm. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the biggest wisdom call is the one that you made a year ago. Mm. Is not to drink. Yeah. But often we need another person to tell us that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think just um just trying to check in with yourself and being yeah. like, why why do I want to drink right now? Um, probably it's fine. <laughs> probably you're out with mates, you're going to have a beer, whatever. 
Um, but it's always checking in with yourself and asking the hard questions of, yep. okay, why do I want to do this? Am I trying to run away from my pain? Okay, I need to I need to be vulnerable with God. I need to call someone to be vulnerable with them and try and process this instead of running away and having a drink. Yeah. Um, but for most people listening to this podcast, they probably have a fine relationship with alcohol. But it's just, I think, keep in mind that if it's if it is a part of your life, um, when things get really hard, you just need to keep an eye on it. Mm. And just if you start drinking more than you usually drink, um, take notice of that and and ask yourself the question why. Yeah, it might be that you're struggling. Um, yeah, and I think deep down, I, you you know when you're when you've got a problem. Mm, I didn't. Okay. I think other people around you know yeah. before you do. Yeah, okay. I think other people will probably bring it up with you and um, and you'll probably get defensive. Yeah, okay. Um, so it's even more onus to, to have that support person then. Yeah. To have that person that will say, look, man, mm. probably not the best idea. And as well, I think it's actually for all of us, we actually need to be willing to bring it up with our friends yeah. if we are noticing yeah. that they're drinking Be vulnerable. Be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. And so- that's we we just got to make wisdom calls, mm. and we just got to be bold mm. in being vulnerable with each other, mm-hmm. being vulnerable with God, and open to any answer that He may give. Yeah, even if that answer is to stop drinking. Dude, I was like, really, God? Yeah. Uh, this sucks forever. He <laughs> <laughs> was yeah. like, well, till heaven. Exactly. I'll give you some pretty good wine when you get there. <laughs> <laughs> and that brings me to the last verse I want to yeah. share is Romans eight. Um, five to six, it's it's a famous verse. You guys would have heard it. Um, I've lost it now. Five. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. Mm. But those who live according with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. The mind given by the flesh is death. But the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. Yeah. We have to have the spirit as our loudest influence in our life. Mm. If the spirit is not the loudest influence in our life, then we're going down a track to death. Yeah. Plain and simple. Yeah. With any issue in this world, mm. particularly when it comes to alcohol and drugs, mm. we need the spirit to be the loudest influence mm. in our life. And sometimes we need someone else to point that out. Mm. And so if you're listening, we really want you guys to be vulnerable with each other, mm. be vulnerable with God. Because then the spirit will be the loudest influence in your life. Mm. When you humble yourself, when you're vulnerable, the spirit works, the spirit is loud, and you can recalibrate back to his word and his grace and the love that he offers you. Mm. And that's the crux of the matter. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to share on that before, before we close? I think it's it's okay to wrestle with this. Yeah. And I don't want us to I think so many in the church we just whip people for for doing the wrong thing and <laughs> I just think it needs to be said that it's it's okay to um to not be doing well in this area. Um just let's let's have a culture where we're honest with each other and yeah. vulnerable with each other. Like I'm so passionate about changing the culture in the church yeah. from from being fake. Um, and where everyone feels like they have to be perfect and, you know, is just exhausted from putting on this performance. Yep. I'm like, 
look, it would be, it would be better for everyone if we all just admitted exactly where we were at and dealt with the consequences exactly. of that. And come and speak to us because we are not going to judge you if you come and say no, definitely that you're struggling not. with that because we are struggling with that. Yeah. And we've gone through that mm-hmm. and we are continuing to go through that. And so please reach out to us. Mm. Come have a chat, message us and, you know, come. we'll, we'll meet up for a coffee, probably not a beer, but uh, <laughs> but that's the, that's the crux of the matter. Be vulnerable with each other, be vulnerable with us and let's do life together. Let's be the start of this community, this culture that shifts that culture, that shifts it from a, a community that, that hides away their sin mm to a community that is vulnerable, mm. that brings it to the surface and deals with it. Yeah. Because God died on the cross to deal with our sin. Mm. So let's make sure he deals with it. That's good. He died on the cross to deal with our sin. So why are we trying to hide it? Yeah. Let's be vulnerable with each other. Let's be vulnerable with God. And let's pray that the spirit is the loudest influence in our life. We hope you enjoyed this episode, guys. Please check out the studies on on uh, Version Bible app as well, and the uh, the podcast app where you get your good podcast from. The link is the uh, in the description, and you can get those two things: the studies and the devotions. We hope this be, this has been a blessing. Remember, renewal in our generation must start with the renewal of our hearts. <laughs>